Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Runners World podcast, the weekly podcast bringing you all the latest running news, views and interviews. I'm Rick Pearson, the Runners World section editor and I'm here with Ben Hobson, the digital editor. Ben, what have we got coming up on this episode? This week we're discussing the upcoming Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc with GB runner and coach Robbie Britton. Robbie is now based out in Chamonix where the UTMB takes place and completed the race back in uh, 2012. With the UTMB taking place next weekend, we thought it would be the ideal time to chat with Robbie and get a sense of why this race is so special. Yeah, super excited about the UTMB. Um, I went over uh, on a press trip, which is kind of the ultimate press trip. Yes, uh, it's the best one. <laughs> yeah, a few years back and... Uh, I think I'd harboured um, hopes of doing the UTMB at, at some point, and I was like, "That's not a shock." <laughs> and actually, I came back from that thinking, "I will never, ever do this race. It is unbelievably difficult." It's really funny when you see a race that you kind of think like you see a highlight clip that's like sure. two minutes long, and it's all glorified, and everyone's yeah. like <laughs> goating up little mountain runs and being all like bouncy and everything. And you're like, "Oh yeah, I could definitely. I on could a good do day, I could crush this." <laughs> and then you see it, and you're like, "Oh, that looks horrible." Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of broken people walking it into Chamonix, but fair play to anyone who does it. And more and more people are signing up to the UTMB. So we want to hear from Robbie about the appeal of the race, how you train for the race, and uh, and also what this year's lineup is looking uh, is looking like. So without further ado, we want to welcome our guest of the week. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown. Our guest this week is GB ultra runner and coach Robbie Britton. Robbie's running CV includes third place at the World 24-Hour Championships in 2015 when he ran 162 miles in 24 hours. Alongside this have been wins at the Wicklow Way Race and FKTs along the Jordan Trail. He also found time to run a 2.29 marathon in Valencia uh, last December. Uh, based out in Chamonix, Robbie is perfectly placed to cast his eye over this week's UTMB and we're delighted to be joined uh, by him now. So Robbie, welcome to the Runners World podcast. All right, thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you on. Um, so for those who don't know, what exactly is the UTMB? The UTMB, it, it's a race around the, the Tour de Mont Blanc. It's 105 miles and it goes all around Western Europe's highest mountain, Mont Blanc. It's, it's, a, it's walked by thousands of people every year, but the race itself is just at the end of August, beginning of September every year. And it's just the biggest event in the ultra trail um, world. It's it's sort of always regularly ranked out as as one of the toughest. What what makes the UTMB such a such a tough nut to crack? It, you know what makes the UTMB tough? Getting in an entry into the race. <laughs> That's the hardest thing about it for for most people. It's it's massively oversubscribed um, because of what it is. You have the it's a journey rather than a one off event. 
you've got to earn points to get into the race. You've got to build up experience over years. When you actually get to race day, I think there's reasonably high completion rate. There's, you get just under two days to complete the, the 405 mile distance. And if you move well, eat well, drink well, and don't smash yourself on the downhills, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't list it as the toughest, but it's it's one of the most um, revered uh, on people's bucket list. I mean, I know that you've completed this, Robbie, and you're out in Chamonix now, and obviously that's a perfect training ground for something like UTMB. But am I right in thinking that you trained for this race while you were while you were based in London? Is that right? Yeah, I, I trained for it. Uh, I can't what year it was, but I, one of the times, two times I've done it, I've trained once near Box Hill, once on in Sussex near the South Downs. Right, and, and it involved a lot of up and down the same tarmac bit of road. <laughs> and is, is that the key for training for an event like this? It's getting the kind of the vertical elevation in people get a little bit carried away with just let's say chasing vert <laughs> um and just trying to get as many vertical meters in their training as possible yeah. whilst you want to make it as specific to your goal event as you can it's not just about the numbers one of the things that people struggle with at utmb is the length of the descents um, you, you're looking at going a thousand twelve hundred meters downhill in one go yeah. over a long distance and and you've got to Yes, you can prepare the muscles for it, but also it's about trying to be efficient. And that's one of the biggest gains people can have is in their own training, looking at how they run downhill and thinking about it. Everyone does it slightly differently. I could give you some tips, like keep your head up, looking ahead, trying to use like fast feet, picking a, a nice line down the mountain. But in reality, as long as you're thinking about it and you get out on those on those hill runs and long runs, Try and think about your efficiency going downhill, and that's for me key. Yeah. Going uphill, the fitter you are, the quicker you get up there. It never gets easy. Yeah. Going downhill, if you go, if you're inefficient or if you if you break too often, yeah. and you just smash it those quads on the way down, that's what ends people's races. Yeah. Uphill, you just get slower and slower. It gets harder and harder. But downhill be- can become impossible. Mm. I was this is a complete interlude, but I was looking at the results from um, Pikes Peak. Yeah, and Jean A won, and his ascent was two hours and twenty, and his descent his his descent was like an hour and twenty, and yeah. it's just phenomenal. And I watched a little video on it as well, and as you say, like the fast feet bit is just he's just you know he's picking his line twenty feet a- a- ahead of him, and he's just like head up, hopping yeah. down the yeah. He makes it look easy, doesn't he? I think what one of the reasons Jean is so good at the Ultra Trail is because whilst the rest of us are racing hard downhill to keep up with him. Yeah. It's like he's on either like freewheeling on a bike. Yeah, he's right. literally he's going fast, but it's so efficient. It's in so little effort for him. So everyone else, like a lot of the Americans in the past, try to keep up with him, and they're better than him uphill. Mm. And then when they get to the downhill, they're going at the same speed, but it's not like they're working, and he's just colliding downhill. Yeah, yeah it makes a big difference. Um, you mentioned earlier on that the journey to UTMB can does take years. Um, how does someone start their own journey? How would you recommend someone begins that process? I mean, just step into the world of ultra running. Mm. Try your first ultra race is the first one. You can see from the UTMB website that which races have points and you earn a set amount of points um, to get into. So there's not just the UTMB race you've got. The the shortest is the MCC, then you, which is 42K. Then you've got the OCC, which is 57K. And you step up to the CCC, which is 101K. The TDS is now 140, I believe, and then UTMB itself. So you can 
get on the start on the ladder with some UK based races. There's a lot of like the Centurion ones in the southeast of England. They they uh, provide UTMB points. But I wholly recommend getting out and trying some mountain races, or even up in the lakes or Scotland, because whilst you can earn UTM enough UTMB points on the Thames path, it's not the best place to fill yeah. all your experience. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, UTMB has been called, you know, it's like the World Cup of of mountain running. Um, what is it about the race? Do you think that makes it so special, Robbie? It's the competition level. Hmm. It's Everyone who's anyone turns up. Like even now, I was looking through today just to do my homework on <laughs> some of the uh, the, the elites, and it, the lists are huge. It's bigger than any other race. On the, I'd say on the trails, even like Sierra now, which Jorno won a few weeks ago, um, that's one of the most stacked races in in mountain running. It's part of the Mountain Running World Cup, but still not as deep as the UTMB races you look at and it's not just the UTMB all the sister races yeah. are completely stacked and unless you're like national level like top national level you're not even making it onto the onto the the favorites list so off the back of that who do you think is to figure uh, highly in in the field this year let's go female field to begin with i was going to go female oh first. fantastic we should do. Um, so the females race is, is really interesting. The UTMB and the CCC are the two strongest. Yeah. You've got the likes of um, Courtney DeWalter, who's uh, won Western States in the mm, past. Yeah. It's one of the American favourites, although she has been struggling with a hip injury um, this summer from Western States. So I'd love to see her do well, and she's got the ability to, but it'd be interesting to see how much her training's been interrupted by that. Yeah. And then you've got Miao Yao. I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly. Yeah. She's a Chinese runner who's who's burst onto the scene on the Ultra Trail um, World Tour in the last couple of years, and she will go out hard. Will make an exciting race. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine, Mimi Kotka, who's a Swedish runner, she's she's one of the favourites. Again, she's a really strong runner. Um, it'd be really nice to see her do well. And then you drop down. I, I think Beth Pascal. She's yeah. a British runner. Yeah. She was, I think, fifth or fourth last year. I want to say fourth. Um, and I think she could. She's been training really well. She had a really good run at Western States. She's been out in the mountains this summer. I would love to see Beth go better than fourth, and I think she can. She, I definitely think she can. Well, let's let's cast our attention then to the male field, Robbie. Who who do you think is going to figure there, and any British hopefuls there too? So the men's race, I think there's going to be four people who go off the front. Right. Um, Zach Miller is known for just going wild yeah. at the start of every race. Yeah. He races. Yeah. People love watching it. I I I feel like a I'm getting old because I want to just take him aside and have a quiet word. <laughs> and they just he's back a bit on that. Yeah, first it's a half. long way, Zach. Come on, come on, yeah. Zach. <laughs> but it's how he races. It's how he feels he's going to get the best result. Yeah. And he's been out in the. He's not done as many laps of the UTMB in training this year. Yeah. But he's been out in the mountains racing everyone in training. Um, and you've got with him, you've got Pau Capel, who's a, a very, very good Spanish runner. Mm. Hayden Hawks, an American runner. Mm. And Ming Kui, uh, another Chinese runner. Yeah. So Ming Kui goes out hard as well. Um, Pau is a racer and he won't let any. I, I get the feeling he won't let anyone go too far ahead of him. Mm. And Hayden, again, is just, he's a 13, 5K runner. Yeah, and I know that's wow. not a 5K race, but that's. When you look at someone's raw speed, it shows their potential over these distances. And he's won races like Lavaredo. Right, um, right. Yeah, big, big, long mountainous races, right? Yeah. Yes. But 
doesn't always come from the front four or the front people for, to win these races because we've seen in many years it, it falls apart for a lot of people. So you've got multiple winners, Javier Fevenard, who won last year. You mm. can never count that guy out. He will probably race a bit more conservatively. Look for him in the second half. Yeah. Same with Tim Tollefson, who's hit third place here a couple of times. Um, it, it, I get it from his impression. He feels like he deserves a win here. Right. But mm. you, you don't get what you deserve at UTMB. You, it's about get, making the boat most of it on the day. Yeah. And British hopefuls. We've got um, Tom Owens is probably our best runner in yeah. the field. It's his first 100-miler. He's a lovely bloke. Um, he's out camping out in the in the Chamonix Valley, uh, getting ready for the race. Yeah. Um, you've got Andy Simmons, who's also won Lavaredo in the past. Mm-hmm. Harry Jones has been eating up mountains for breakfast um, over the last few months. Paul Giblin's here for like the, I think, fourth or fifth year running. Mm-hmm. And we've got Carl Gregg, who's another Scottish runner who had a really good 100K earlier in the year. Um, he's been out in the mountains. So those are the guys that... You were, if if they have a great day, hmm. like Tom and Andy could be well into the top ten. I think all of those boys could be top twenty. Um, and again, it does like look at Damien Hall last year; he was fifth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's like all credit to Damien; he worked his socks off and kept at it. But it just shows that if you have a strong race and you and you race within yourself, you can climb up that field in the last stages. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about Chamonix on race week, Roy. What, what's it like? I'm, you know, presumably, like the, the world of racing is is coming to a fairly small town in in in, uh, in the Alps. What's it like to be there? I always remember the first time I come to Chamonix yeah. back. I think it's 2012. It. I said to me, I was ever mum. Obviously, you go to these big races with your mum, don't you? <laughs> um, and I said to her, "This feels. I feel like I belong." Like normally, you head to a race in, like at the ultra, and you kind of no one knows what you're doing. You're just in the middle of nowhere, and you're looking for like a I don't know, a bit of tape. It's the start line. UTMB. The second you get there, yeah. you know you're at the home of, of, of ultra trail running. Yeah. You're just surround. Everyone's in lycra. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, like just people are in full race kit from from the day they get out there. Just yeah. in case so many like, calf starts early. Um, it's it's really buzzing. It, it can get a bit much for some people. I've seen people um, leave their best performance at the at the expo mm. uh, and then come to race day and their legs are completely dead because they've done 19 laps and bought uh, 17 <laughs> new pairs of compression. Yeah. I don't know what yeah what they're compressing anymore. Yeah, um, it's arms now, isn't it? You got to compress your arms, Robbie. You, you know one if you're, you're wearing those arm sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. I just mine are like twiglets anyway. It's useless. Why do I compress them even more? <laughs> Um, just this is a slightly different uh, part of trail running, but I think it's important that we, that we discuss it. Yeah. You know, there's been this high-profile doping scandal, you know, with Christian Coleman, like the sort of latest uh, in sort of track and field. Um, do you think the trail running is doing enough to root out athletes that, that are competing against the rules? Are we doing enough? No, we're not. We're not doing enough. Mm. But, uh, the, but to do enough, where's the money for that going to come from? I suppose is the question. It's not a huge sport yeah um the problem i have with in our sport is that we have this we have itra who's like a a self-imposed governing body mm. and they've set up the courts program and this is it's it's insufficient massively right but it, it gives people the feeling that something's being done so it's almost like it's it's best it's bad it's like a pr set up okay. it's, it's organized by some of the sponsors it, it gives the impression we're doing a lot and in reality it's not doing anything at all. They monitor health of the athletes, which I think is a good thing, because if uh, there's a lot of people in our sport that are burning out, doing too much, and just not taking the rest they need. Yeah. 
but it's not anti-doping, so we don't really do anything. Um, there is some testing at the end of races, but it's often overlooked. Mm. And so I think, yeah, we are. It's if it, we are, we do need to do more. What that is, I don't know. It, that's like, I, if I wish I had a solution for it or a big old pot of money yeah. and to provide out of competition testing. I know that people are completing clean in, and finishing in the top 10 and yeah. winning these races. Yeah. That's people I know and I'm confident. I mean, you can't know 100%. Yeah. But there's enough confidence there. And one, because it's not just a physical thing. It's mm. not like, like, I was plugged in the numbers. This is how fit you are. Now you're going to win. There's a lot more yeah. to it than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, that does give you a bit of confidence. There's still the scope as an ultra trail runner to, to improve yourself. I know that I can get better and get close to the front of these races merely by working on the key parts of training and, and dedicating mm. myself to my sport. I know there's big gaps and jumps that I can make without doping. Yeah. I know there's, like, I've got a personal experience of of what's required and I'm not, things that I'm not doing that I know that others are that are just good, solid, hard work and dedication. Yeah. Well, Robbie, let's, let's talk about um, your own running then, just finally. What's, um, what have what you got coming up? Um are you? I mean, you've you've done a really decent road marathon. You, you do the twenty four hour stuff. You're good in the mountains. I mean, you're kind of you're able to do it all. But what's the focus uh, for the rest of the year? Oh, so I was supposed to be doing a hundred mile track race uh, in two weeks' time. Yeah, oh. but I unfortunately picked up an injury over the summer. Oh. Um, so I have been cycling a lot, and I've found a there's a, a race called the Trans Pyrenees. It's fifteen hundred kilometres. Okay. Mm. Across the across the Pyrenees and then back again um, on a road bike, and you spoke you got to do it self-supported, and in like five or six days. Cool. So you don't really. So so actually, I, I've, I'm aiming for that at the moment. I haven't really told anyone. I told my mum, <laughs> and the wife knows. Um, and then hopefully this injury I've got, which is just a bit of a an imbalance in my right leg, which is causing the quads to do a lot more work than they want to. Um, I'm aiming to go out to Desert Solstice for another 24-hour race. Cool. Nice. Well, that's great. Well, Roy, best best of luck on, on the bike and on and on the track. And thanks very much for uh, for joining us uh, on the One As Well podcast to talk a bit more about the the UTMB. Cheers, Robbie. No worries. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers, Robbie. Thanks, mate. Bye. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ah, back once again for his monthly update. Kieran Alger has joined us in the studio. But before we speak to him, 
We might as well listen to his jingle. <laughs> yes. We're talking tech, talking tech with Kieran Naga. Talking tech. He's an awesome ultra runner. Talking tech. Talking tech. He's very charming. Talking tech. Knows his polar from his garment. Talking tech. Oh, uh, Kieran. Hello. Thanks for coming in. You look well rested. I, yeah, I've been. How's your uh, sleep going? It's been going excellently. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. I've, according to my stats, I'm I'm tip top shape now. Perfect. Nailed it. Sleep done. <laughs> really? Be on to something else next. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've I have, as we know, been spending the last kind of months testing sleep, trying to improve it, and basically going through all of the sleep hygiene recommendations that people give us. Those little tips to help us sleep yeah. better, and using some fantastic technology to track how effective those are and it's been mixed results actually I mean, <laughs> right. although you've complimented me on how well I look right. I think that's more the sunshine <laughs> um, yeah so I wanted to basically see how how these things could work and I rolled through in some kind of scientific kind of process and order a lot of things so shall I just take you through those things that I did take us yeah. through what you did and uh, and how they worked. So the first one was caffeine the idea was to cut out caffeine out of my out of my diet and see how that impacted. I've, I failed miserably on that after <laughs> about two days because I'm a journalist and I realized that I cannot work and survive without it. Right. So, sorry listeners, but caffeine <laughs> is still in the mix. Jury's out on coffee, fair yeah, enough. Jury's yeah. out on yeah. coffee. So then there's another period of mindfulness. This right. was one of my the, the ones I was looking forward to testing. And I used a headset called Muse. It's a brainwave sensing headset that can and breathing and heart rate that can help you train yourself to to basically meditate right so i used that for 15 minutes uh an hour before bedtime and that one actually was a real benefit i found it really really calming and it, it really helped with my ability to kind of drop off to sleep quicker yeah. it put me into a state where actually when i went to bed i was really ready to mm. fall asleep so that's a big thumbs up thumbs for up the, for the mindfulness for the mindfulness um taking a hot bath <laughs> this is like not not been having a hot bath every night like that since i was about two years old and i i didn't really find that it helped that much yeah i it was you know a lot of these things they have to fit into your habits as well yeah made me smell much nicer but actually i i think that you know, the idea here with a hot bath is that you create a differential in your body temperature when your body your body temperature needs to drop in order for you to fall to sleep yep. so tricking that is essentially what you're trying to All do right. but I, I found I was just too hot. And Scented just, candles? Or? I, well, you know, yeah, sometimes. Rose petals <laughs> a few times, but, you know, not, not necessarily a winner. And then this is this is the biggie that everyone will kind of know about, and it's one that's talked about a lot in the, in the media, but that's no phone. And this really worked for me. So my, my approach was I left the phone on charge in the kitchen, and I fell asleep on average much quicker. Right. As a result, the trackers showed that my time from jumping into bed to dropping off was reduced. Mm. Um, I also, interestingly, I... You know, I woke up far, sort of, far more easily, and I didn't need an alarm. Wow! So after right. after doing this for a week, I rolled into a pattern of waking up with a light. So I wouldn't yeah. have blackout blinds. I left the light to to wake me up, right. and I was I was more instantly kind of alert and able to get out of bed at that point. So the, the other thing that really worked was going to bed at the same time. Yeah. So ruthlessly going to bed at ten o'clock. Right. Um, which you know, rock and roll. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a dad. I've got a four year old, so that's that's pretty late for me anyway. Yeah. Um. And that got my falling, you know, my falling asleep times down from around 20 minutes once I'm in bed to under 10 minutes. So that combined with not having my phone to, to mess around mm. with really helped. So off and out much, much quicker. Yeah. Um, so that combination was really powerful. And another surprising one, they say to avoid eating sugar late at night. And I did that I've, before I've been guilty of sort of having a sweet treat or something, you know, maybe sort of 10 o'clock or whatever. And I cut that out and 
that rather than help me fall asleep quicker actually meant that I had less interrupted sleep according to the sleep right. trackers I had more sleep continuity so mm. less periods of, of wakefulness and, and restlessness during the night and that's a huge thing you know it's not just mm. the amount of sleep you want but the quality yeah um rose as well I was also hungry uh, sorry I, I was less hungry kind of first thing when I woke up right so I don't know if it's just me but i often find if i have chocolate the night the night before in the morning i'll wake up and i'll be ravenous mm, which yeah. i presume is to do with my blood sugar levels that was gone and that meant from a running perspective i felt a lot more comfortable going out for early runs mm. so not only was i awake early enough i was feeling alert and i i didn't feel like i had to eat necessarily if i wanted to go out for a short run um, and that made it easier to be up and out and get training yeah. done sooner so in summary I'd, I'd kind of say that you know sleep trackers aren't 100 percent reliable um Booze, sugar, and phones are bad for sleep. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of knew that. <laughs> uh, going to bed at a good time, uh, yeah. the same time was was good. Um, and the biggest win was that it helped me run earlier, and it helped me kind of uh, train more regularly without, you know, getting my immune system battered. So. Yeah, yeah. So big, try it out, people. Yeah, great tips and and great benefits for runners. I think. Yeah. What else have you got for us, Kieran? And. Um, yeah, so I, you know, each month I was going to come here and bring you a couple of, of cool bits of tech yeah, that I found. Yeah, yeah. And in my pocket, I'm going. To, I'm actually going to oh, physically pull it out. Tech. I've got more tech. I've got a pair of. I think these are the these are the best headphones that I've seen in a long time. They are the Jaybird Vista. They're a pair of true wireless earbuds. Right. And they're about the smallest headphones I think you can get on the market right now. Um, the carry case themselves itself is, is tiny, can fit in a pocket. Yeah. Mm. You get there's 16 hours of charge in here six hours in the buds 10 hours in the case um you can wear one bud at any time any one time and still hear the music without kind of losing the quality and i think the best bit is you can charge you get an hour's charge for these um from five minutes wow on the plug so if all those moments where you've forgotten yeah. to charge your headphones or they're low you just stick them on you've got enough time you'd be messing around at the office before you leave or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's well the great. fact the case charges as well is pretty great yeah and you can, you know, you can fit that. That will fit in a pocket, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Anywhere or in a running belt. Yeah. So they're good for 16 hours is enough for ultras as well. So yeah. they're pretty versatile. What are they called again? They're called the Jaybird Vista. Right. And they'll cost you about £159. And then I've done something else very different. I've I've got a skipping rope. It's uh, okay. Yeah. It's called the, the Tangram Smart Rope. And basically, you know, there's a lot of th- things. That, uh, this, this smart rope will count your skips, far it to an app. You can do interval sessions. Um and you can set daily targets and it automatically counts so yeah it's got leds in in the in the, the rope itself that show you your count in yeah. front of your eyes that's like one of those flick books yeah, yeah. which oh, is cool which, yeah, which yeah. is which yeah, is crazy yeah. Tech. yeah yeah and what why is that important for running i've kind of you know i've, I've looked at this and it's good for for strength for your for the ligaments and the joints for yeah. knees and ankles and toes all the things yeah. you need it's brilliant for cardio fitness um and it's also, you know, it's it's a brilliant sort of uh, plyometric exercise that can add power as well. Yeah. So you can you can get as much out of ten minutes skipping as you can out of a half an hour easy run. So if you want to do something slightly different, mm. mix it up a bit, can't leave the house, whatever that might be. It's yeah. a, it's a really useful piece of tech to have. Yeah. I'm rubbish at skipping, but can you adjust I, the length of it? You can't. Oh, gutted. No, sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, it's yeah. not that smart. It's not that it's smart. Not that oh, smart. <laughs> they've thought of everything apart from tall people. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry, tall people. <laughs> the final thing, every month I was going to come in with something that was either bothering me or puzzling me about tech. Yes. And this one, you know, we all know that all runners are much smarter than everyone else, right? Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Again, Und- yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Loads of science to say that. Well, I, I think that the world is losing genius all over the place. 
because no one has made an app that can track or capture those moments of genius that you have whilst you're running, right? Do you guys, when you're running, do you ever have ideas? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And then you think, that's such a good idea. I'm never going to forget that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Four miles later, yeah. it's gone because mm. you've been thinking about something that's rubbing or chafing or you haven't <laughs> had a gel. And that moment of genius is gone. We need something, all watch brands, apps. We want something that can oh, help us. You just need a built-in dictaphone in a watch. Alan Partridge. I want to be able to yeah. say to my watch, capture all my great ideas, Alan Partridge style. <laughs> Yeah, and I can come back and not forget them. So yeah, I think that's great. Voice memo yeah. recording on a watch. That is my that is my challenge to people. Amazing, Kieran. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And a deluge of tech there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some great stuff there. Yeah, I think I might try and get all of that skipping rope. Yeah, actually. I think skipping for me. I might just go old school and get a bit of rope though. <laughs> yeah, just and count and count. <laughs> yeah, no, can't be trusted. Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. His fingers on a button, his ears to the ground. He's done a bit of googling and he's had a nose around. He's a detective wearing running shoes. Carrie McCarthy and his weekly running news. Kerry, welcome back. Your finger is once more on the button. Your ear has returned to the ground. Pray tell what has been catching your attention this week. How long were you practicing that one for? Yeah, I quite, quite like that. That's quite, good. Quite a while. Quite a while. Good work. So I've got three bits of news this week, and um, they start off quite depressing and get kind of gradually more oh, good. positive good. as it goes on. I thought I would do it that way around. Yeah. Um, the first one for fans of track and field, you may have seen that American sprinter Christian Coleman um, is the latest athlete to mm. face. Yes. A well, I was going to say a drugs ban, but he hasn't actually been caught um, mm. with any. Um, substances but he has missed three <laughs> drugs tests um, in case you're wondering who he is if you're not familiar with him uh, he won 100 meters silver at the London World Champs uh, in 2017 ahead of Usain Bolt that was uh, Bolt's last race Right. Um, he got bronze in that race um, he has a personal best of 9.79 seconds which makes him the seventh fastest man in history and he's the fastest man in the world this year. He ran 9.81 at a Diamond League meeting in California. So he's kind of like the standard bearer for for that event. He's missed three drugs tests, which means that on the, the ADAMS system, as it's called, the Anti-Doping Administration and Management System, where athletes have to go on and they have to log where they're going to be for a minimum of one hour every day, just in case the testers want to turn up. Um, it's apparently pretty user-friendly, and the athletes know, obviously, it's just part of their life while they're competing. Yeah. Um, the testers have turned up three occasions. He's not, you know, answered the door or whatever. And so now he faces a one-year ban. If he does, his hearing is on the, on the 4th of September. If he is found um, guilty, he will miss the World Championships in Doha in October and he will also miss the Olympics next year. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's such an integral part of their day-to-day -day lives. Exactly. You can't yeah. really find... And it, the immediate speculation is that he's obviously doing something untoward because he's missing these things for a reason. Like, that's... Well, I mean, our own Christina Hurigu got got yeah. precisely a one-year ban for missing three tests. Um, mm. And the thing is, it's it's not three tests in six months or something like that. It's it's just cumulatively. Now, life gets in the way. Obviously, you can put you can go onto mm. the system, you can put in the next six months. But you know, if if a family member has fallen ill or something else yeah. happens and you have to do it, I can see completely how you would forget. Obviously, but three times, yeah, you would think the first time it happened, you'd be like, oh bugger, I better yeah, I better sort that out for next time, yeah. Um, so we'll see. Steve Cram said he was he was he felt less surprised than despair, right? Um, which shows what yeah, he there was kind of weariness. Yeah, just yeah. kind of like oh, another one. Um, but that's that. Moving on, 
David Radisha, one of the heroes of London 2012, he was involved in a car crash, quite a serious car crash at the weekend, but happily, um, he's absolutely fine. Um, he won the 800 metres in London 2012 and in 2016. Um, he smashed the world record. I don't, you know, I think a lot of people will remember this listening to this now. He ran 140.91. And to put that in context, Andrew Asagi, the, the, the GB athlete, came eighth and last in that race. And his time would have been good enough for him to win the race in the previous two Olympics. That's how fast Radisha was dragging everyone around. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's a really special athlete. He's been blighted yeah. by injury since, but he's apparently on the comeback trail. He was driving in his SUV in Western Kenya on Saturday. A tyre burst. He went straight into the front of a bus. I mean, if anyone is minded to Google the images, they are like the car is just like, completely yeah. Yeah. concertinaed. Yeah. But miraculously, he he was released from hospital a couple of hours later with only scratches. That's mad. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it won't affect him and he will be there uh, representing Kenya at the, the World Championships in yeah. a couple of months' time. It'd be great to see him back to his best because he's such a beautiful runner when he's yeah. in full. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. His style is just, yeah. I could watch that all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And finally, uh, a subject that we've been talking about a little bit recently due to your own exploits, Rick, the 100-mile world record. Oh, yes. Um, you just missed out on it when you took <laughs> part in the, uh, the North Downs Way 100-miler a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, um, What was your time again? It was 23 hours and four minutes. Which right. is bloody awesome, is yeah. it not, Hobbo? That wow. is fantastic. Yeah, but comparatively now to... Well, 20, <laughs> 23 and a bit hours. There's, there's an American athlete here called Zach Bitter who's just pipped you uh, on Saturday with a time of 11 hours and 19 minutes. Oh, God. He could have gone home and had, what, 11 hours sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up and cheered me to the finish. Mate, he could have gone clubbing. <laughs> Um, he mad. has absolutely smashed it. So, it, to save you all getting your calculators out, that's a pace of six forty-eight minute miles all the way around on average. And he did a negative split apparently. So the last wow. chunk he was doing about five and a half minute miles. Yeah. And if that's not <laughs> enough to make it even more impressive, he did it inside on a track. Yep. It was a track. Now I read about this. It was a track that is Amazing. next to the. It's, it runs around the outside of a speed skating facility. Right. So that the temperature inside the place is kept 12 degrees by the ice. Oh, right, okay. So it was perfect conditions. Yeah. Do you see it? So he's doing that. So the, the, the loc- it was a 434-metre track or something like that. He just did that. As impressive as that is, I'd like to point out that the North Downs Way 100 is actually 103 miles. So who knows what would Well, he actually carried on running. <laughs> he did. Unlucky. <laughs> uh, oh, no. And he, he broke the 12-hour record. Yeah. And ran 104 miles? 104.8 oh, miles sorry. in 12 hours. So, yeah, you get to the end. You've got the world record. You think, shall I stop? No, sod it. I'll run for another 40 minutes and get another record. Well. And then he went home to his mum's and celebrated with a cheese buffet. <laughs> which I respect. Keeping it real. Yeah, good lad. Kerry, thank you so much for uh, the weekly running no news. Yeah, great, um, you know, great progress from from depressing to optimistic. Very fantastic. Nice, so. yeah. Yeah. You finished with cheese. <laughs> great. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guest Robbie Britton and to Number Eight Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, reviews, interviews, and much, much more from the wider world of running, please head over to runnersworld.com/uk. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Maybe leave a little comment if you feel like it. And thanks to Acast, our hosting partner. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.